Welcome to the Faith Football and Friends podcast. I'm Chris Elrod. I am Cole Parsley. I'm Forrest Sanamaceris. And this is the football section of Faith Football Friends, and we are excited about last weekend. What an amazing weekend of football. An emotional roller coaster. If you are a uh, Texans fan, I'm sorry. If you're a Titans fan, more power to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're uh, you're one of us. Uh, if you are a Chiefs fan, wow, what a weekend! If you are a 49ers fan, congratulations. And if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, way to beat the Seahawks. I had the Seahawks winning, but I'm glad. I'm glad you won. So. Uh, let's start by talking about that Titans-Ravens game because I think it was certainly the upset of the weekend. Uh, not a lot of people saw that coming. Even myself, a few episodes back, talked about how uh, the Ravens were going to be the team to beat in the playoffs. That they were going to be the team to get past uh, for any team that wanted to enter the Super Bowl from the AFC side. And uh, the Titans were able to beat them. And they had a clear game plan, and it was it was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was crazy to kind of hear the Titans talk about it. They, like some of their players, well, Logan Ryan in particular, he said, uh, he was asked about Lamar Jackson and their style of offense, and he said, yeah, they're really good, and this is a paraphrase, but he said, yeah, they're really good, but it's nothing special. Like, they do it in college all the time. And it just kind of, like, downplayed it. And that's kind of like the attitude they took, you know, and like, of course, yeah, it's different because they're NFL players doing it and, you know, they're doing it a lot faster. They're a lot bigger. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, they're they're running a college style offense. We're going to stop it. Like, then that was the attitude. And that's exactly uh, what happened. So that was that was really interesting uh, to see. And it, they just had such a great game plan. The game plan was essentially don't let Lamar Jackson run up the field. Like, keep him on the sideline. Make him run toward the sideline. And if you watch the game, that's what Lamar Jackson had to do repetitively. He had to just keep running uh, toward the sideline. Whenever he did break up the middle, he gained a really big play. But keeping him to the sideline was key. And I feel like I've talked forever. So, uh, Forrest Cole, what did y'all think of the Titans game? I thought um, it's just one of these things where – and I'm going to say this later. Weird things happen when you play this Titans team, especially this defense. This defense is playing better than they played in the regular season because Adoree Jackson was hurt. Our best cornerback was hurt. Not only that, but Lawrence Simmons, our first-round draft pick, who was supposed to be a top-five pick, we took him, like, pick 15, something middle of the road there. Time out, brother. Time out. His name's Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> I say that every time. Okay. Yeah, Jeffrey okay. Edit this. Adoree Jackson came in, our best cornerback. Not only that, we have Jeffrey Simmons, our first-round draft pick. He should have been a top five, but he got injured. And, and most people thought he was going to be hurt the whole year, missed the first season. We got to take him much later in the first round. So him being up there, big guy, Jeffrey Simmons, Jarrell Casey. That's a lot of meat. And then Adoree Jackson, Mike Vrabel. This defense, I'm telling you, weird things happen when you play this defense. 
Jeffrey Simmons definitely adds a lot to our defense. You know, it's kind of the help that uh, Casey, Jarrell Casey, has needed his entire career. Or, well, for as long as I can remember, within the last five years for sure. You know, he's kind of been our our one really good defensive lineman. And Jeffrey Simmons, wow, not only is he who will probably replace Jarrell Casey, but he's also uh, just a great addition and a great help for uh, for for Casey. I think Casey's the one that caused the fumble, and then I think uh, Jeffrey Simmons is the one that picked it up on uh, whenever we made Lamar Jackson fumble. Cole? Forrest. Me, me and Chris, obviously, Titans fans. Did the Titans beat the Ravens, or did the Ravens' offense beat itself? Like, was Lamar Jackson too rusty? From your point of view, your unbiased point of view, what happened? No. Titans beat the Ravens 100%, dude. 150%. And here's the thing. It exposed some of the weaknesses in the Ravens' offense. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's not. And I know you don't like statistics, but when you look at his numbers, I know it was trash time and he didn't win. I understand that. But numbers alone, like, you guys didn't really limit Lamar Jackson. You took away all of his weapons. Like, you made him just a young kid superman it put the whole team on his back and try to do it himself even my wife who you know isn't like a football expert was like they're gonna make him win this whole game by himself like that's what she was thinking and when you look at the stat line like their total yards and how many yards he had like that's essentially what they had to do because he's looking downfield where the receivers where the tight ends they try to run it with ingram what happens it stopped at the line, dude. I, I I forgot his stat line. He, had, I mean, it was abysmal. They couldn't get anything going if it wasn't through Lamar Jackson. When you're depending on one person against that kind of defense, you're not going to get it, dude. You're just not going to be able to win. So I was impressed by the Titans. It wasn't like a fluke kind of thing. Like I was genuinely impressed. And um, I just I would hate I would hate to be playing against them, even as the Chiefs coming off of the win they just got. Like, it almost flipped. Like, the way people feel, it's almost like the Titans aren't the underdogs anymore, which hopefully doesn't come to back to bite them. I'm sure they still got the chip on their shoulder. But after what happened last week, I don't know, man. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. See, I've seen a lot of, a lot of uh, videos online recently, newscasts, ESPN, NFL, and it, there are more defenders of this Titans team. There are. But after what the Chiefs did, after what Patrick Mahomes did with the 50 points, it seems like people are acting like he's going to do that again. People are, are truly acting like he's going to do that again. I just want to real fast add, uh, Mark Ingram, he had six carries for for 22 yards. Like, like, I know that's not great, but he only had six carries. And I thought if he hadn't have been hurt, like that would have been a big advantage for them. You know what I mean? Like I think we still could have won. I think we would would have still won. But um like I thought his performance wasn't that terrible. It just didn't really get to develop because of his limited ability and stuff. Force. The thing isn't that he didn't do a good job. For six carries hit it great. The fact that the offensive coordinator only wanted to hand it off six times is revealing like that's what i'm saying you guys took away i'm not saying you guys neutralized mark ingram i'm saying the fact that this dude with the number one rush offense in 
the whole league only hands it off six times is pretty intense. No, you're and you're right because they only had nine handoffs total. Like that's pretty terrible. You know, whenever you like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, cool. Cole, what do you? I think you were about to go on a rampage. Yes, yes. It, I'm gonna go on a rampage. Here's the thing. Everybody's looking at this Chiefs offense. Oh, they were down, what was it, 24 points to zero. First of all, if you're down 24 points to the Tennessee Titans, you pack your bags, it's done. I'm going to say I will pack my bags and go to New Zealand with Forrest if the Titans are up 24 points and the Chiefs somehow come back. I will pack my bags, Forrest. I'll go with you. This is what I want to say. Oh, the Chiefs put up 50 points. This is the You can't stop Patrick Mahomes. This is all I'm hearing about. Everybody's talking about it. You can't stop Patrick Mahomes. You can't stop Tyreek Hill. They're tied in. I can't think of his name right now. It escapes me. All these different receivers, the best quarterback this this world's ever known. We've seen this before, okay? We've seen this before. Denver Broncos, Force is very familiar with that year. Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Peyton Manning, they were lighting it up. Uh, Julian, was it Edelman? Was Edelman? No, Welker, Wes Welker. They were lighting it up. Peyton Manning's breaking records. But then they get to the Super Bowl. Everybody's saying, hey, you ain't stopping the greatest quarterback of all time, Peyton Manning. You ain't going to do it. And Seattle says, we got a good run game, and we got a great defense. And and that Denver's offense, all of a sudden, no matter the weapons they have, they couldn't do anything. I think that's what's going to happen. Maybe not to that degree. I don't think Titans defense is, is that good. But I don't think the Chiefs are going to score more than 30 points. They did in week 10. They scored, I believe it was 32 points. But again, we didn't have a Dory Jackson and we didn't have Jeffrey Simmons. The Titans scored 35. It was The Titans beat the Chiefs 35 to 32. So they did score over 30 in that first game, but not just barely. Okay, one more thing and then my rampage is over. Look at Ryan Tannehill. I, I'm getting so frustrated. People are acting like he's not a good quarterback all of a sudden. Derrick Henry's doing the whole thing. It's true. But for two reasons. First of all, the Titans don't need Tannehill to to light up the scoreboard. If you can run the ball and Derrick Henry's doing what he's doing, keep doing that and play off the play action. It's it's a it's a better formula for success. But also this, Tannehill is all of a sudden went against the best defense in the Patriots and another great defense against the Ravens. When you go up against good defenses, all of a sudden you can't do what you're used to doing, and that's what's going to happen to this Chiefs team. My final score. This is this is the score I got. 17 to 24 Tennessee Titans. I'm saying the Chiefs will not score more than 20 points. Yeah, Cole, a lot of good points. I got a couple of things. First off, I remember that Super Bowl all too well. I watched every single second of it in my Peyton Manning jersey. It was horrible. And it wasn't just like, oh, the Seahawks beat a pretty good offense. This was a record-breaking offense that to this day, is the best offense statistically, which I know doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but statistically, efficiency, yards, touchdowns, first downs, third down conversions, the best offense in NFL history, and they get absolutely destroyed in the Super Bowl. Real fast, I, re- I remember that Super Bowl too because I watched every single second of it too because I believed in that offense. <laughs> I really thought they were going to come back. So I was at a Super Bowl party at my friend's house. My friends all leave to like go outside and like play football yes in the dark maybe i didn't have the brightest friends i don't know but they all leave to go play like football or basketball or or something and i stayed and watched because i was like no y'all are gonna miss 
Peyton Manning lead the comeback. And so I sat there and I watched with my friend's dad awkwardly as Russell Wilson like just destroyed Peyton Manning. So yeah, I, I remember that Super Bowl all too well as well. But no, I did have high stakes in that game. Uh, I was like that year. I was a Peyton Manning supporter. I couldn't stand the Seahawks. I, there was nothing I wanted less in this world than for Richard Sherman, with all his talk, to win the Super Bowl. Oh man, it still makes me mad. You can't talk that much crap and win the Super Bowl. But he did it. They did it. Also, I had Julius Thomas and Wells Welker on my fantasy team that year. So I was watching all their games, loving it. Oh, this is the greatest offense. This is crazy. And then that happens, and it, it's just. That was the best impression of yourself that I've ever heard you do. Just saying, like you sounded just like you do whenever you're excited about something. Like you just generated that excitement perfectly. I just, I loved it. The, uh, that was great. This is what I'll say. Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in the NFL today, no doubt. A lot of people say top 10 all time. He's in the conversation. When you look at how many wins he has, I think he's in the top five all time. He's a great coach. If he has a kryptonite, it's the Tennessee Titans. Like, you guys you guys will go to the playoffs and just beat only them and then lose the next game by 100. Like, you guys, like, for years, every time you go against the Chiefs, you win. And I'm not saying that means it's a guarantee, but, like, I'm sure Andy knows that, and he's probably pretty intimidated. Like, he loses to the Titans, and this is the best Titans team he's faced. But honestly, like, that makes me nervous. Like, I believe in my boys. I think they're going to win. But that's a lot of emotional reason to beat the Titans. Like, you don't think all those games are, like, hanging up. Like, the scores of all those games are hanging up in the locker room somewhere. Like, you don't think Andy Reid is having nightmares of all those games, like, as he goes to sleep every single night. Like, that, like all of that is in their mind. And interestingly enough, like, People were talking about Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, which one was more important to the Titans uh, moving forward and signing contracts and stuff. And a lot of the fans said Derrick Henry. And that made a lot of, like, some of the people I listened to on the radio upset and stuff because, you know, quarterbacks are offenses and in the modern era of the NFL. But, like, I don't know. Like, Derrick Henry is the face of the Titans. And, like, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill may have only gotten, may have only thrown the ball or attempted to throw the ball 14 times, but Derrick Henry doubled that in carries. He got 30 carries against the Ravens. Like, he is our team. It's just so interesting. Cole, what do you got? Yeah, this Henry guy is different, right? But I will say, you, I'm tired of seeing people, not that you're doing this, Chris, you weren't doing this, but I'm tired of seeing people act like, Derrick Henry's success isn't coming off of Tannehill's success at the same time. Like, why do, why do we have to put people against one another? Why do we have to say, no, this is none of Tannehill, it's all Tannehill, it's all Derrick Henry? Or why do we have to say, no, this is none of Bill Belichick, it's all Tom Brady or vice versa? Why do we have to do that? They they play off each other's success. Absolutely. Tannehill has one of the best deep balls in the game. Guess what? That works great when you have play action. I would say, too. I heard a lot of people talk smack about Tannehill. You know I'm not about that. Like, I like, if you throw, I'm all about efficiency and points, dude. And 
somebody described it this way, and they're right. What Tannehill did in that game against the Ravens is something that very few people could do. He was able to score on demand. He didn't have the long drive. He didn't have the 15 pass play drives. He just threw two deep balls for scores, and guess what? The other team didn't even score 14 points. Okay, so you can't really say he wasn't valuable to the win. If you have somebody who can score on demand, that's almost, in some scenarios, more precious than somebody who can construct these big drives, especially if you're somebody who can construct these big drives and then you get in the red zone and can't do anything. It doesn't even matter. No, that's exactly right. And I was just looking at the stats. You know how many touchdowns Derrick Henry had? Zero. He had zero touchdowns that game. You know, so like it was, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he threw for two and then he he uh, ran for one. Like that's that's pretty significant. And if I remember correctly, he kind of like powered in to the end zone against against a few guys. Um, but also we can't forget this. Derek Henry threw a touchdown pass. Like that was crazy. Like that was the most awesome thing I've ever seen in my life. Mariota acts like he's about to snap the ball, motions out, Derrick Henry snaps it, and then just does the Tebow pass. That was awesome. I already know what Chris said when it happened. What? No way! That comes from an experience where DeMarco Murray threw a touchdown pass. I'm watching the game with Chris. I'm laid back. I'm being casual. And then he yells, what? No way! I'm like, I'm like Chris, it, look, it was cool, but, but it's a halfback pass, bro. Come on. This has been happening for years. You know, but it was cool. It was. Dude, I will never forget that day where I was, what play it was, like nothing. Like Mariota uh, pitches the ball back to DeMarco Murray. He he's sprinting out to the right. All of a sudden, takes the ball and and just launches back and throws it deep to Delaney Walker. Blew my mind. Like up until that point, like. Like now, it's pretty common to see like the Titans do a little trick trickery or or something unusual on offense. But like back then, it was it wasn't as common. Like it wasn't as regular, and so that was a huge play in my eyes. Like that was that was awesome. I loved that every minute of it. That was that was great. What about this next game? Unless you have something for us. I'm just saying time's running out. I want us to be balanced. <laughs> no, you're right. And we haven't talked about the NFC much at all. Um, yeah. Which part of that, I think, is because we're all AFC guys, the Broncos, Titans. Um, but not to mention, it's kind of just it's boringer. You know, I mean, like the huge the guys, Chiefs game. and The guys ahead. who expected guys. to win won. And that's the NFC this week. You know what I mean? Like, what are we going to say? Oh, I want, I want to say one more thing about the Titans-Ravens game. And that's that meme. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to say it real quick. Before we move on to the NFC, I want to mention what Earl Thomas said going into this Titans Titans game. And and I imagine, as we talked about with Eric Reed, he's probably thinking, I got to stop this Derrick Henry dude. But this is what Earl Thomas said. When asked about Henry, he said, the Patriots didn't seem too interested in tackling Henry. I think our mindset is a little different. Basically implying that if you just have a good mindset, man, you can tackle this guy, right? If you just get angry, you lower your shoulder, you stick your face mask in his chest, you're going to take him down. The thing is, though, there's a bit of a meme going around where where Thomas's back, Earl Thomas's back 
is towards Henry and he's getting pushed back to his very own teammates. Like, come on, bro. Come on. Yeah, I I watched I remember when I watched it happen. I, I for some reason I missed what Thomas said about it beforehand. But when I saw that ha- my wife literally laughed out loud because Derrick Henry stiff armed him so hard he got flipped and then he stiff armed his back. That's insane to me. How how in the world like that's just a whole another level. The guy's a beast. I mean, he really is. And, like, that's, that's why he is the face of our team. Like, I don't know. You know, maybe I, I'm, you know, people were asking questions about whether or not the Ravens were changing the game. I think to some degree you have to ask the question, are the Titans changing the game? Because of the number of times we hand off the ball, because of, like, how run-focused we are. Now, obviously, the Raven Ravens are playing a part in that as well. But the Titans are, are playing a, a – old school form of football and are beating people with it, you know, like significantly, like, you know, Forrest asked me uh, a while back whenever the Titans got into the playoffs, he goes, okay, so has this been a successful season? And I really didn't know how to answer him. Like I didn't know if it had been a successful season or not, but now it has clearly been a successful season. You know, like it, I mean, we have way surpassed, the expectations whenever we were two and four and uh, Ryan Tannehill was going to become the starting quarterback. Like at that point I was thinking, well, we'll either lose out and we'll get a new quarterback in the draft or we'll be mediocre and just, just miss out on getting a new quarterback in the draft. But no, instead we're in the AFC championship game. Like that's so, so wild. So Speaking of the NFC, going there real quick, I want to say this. I Last week I said I thought the Vikings could beat the Niners. Totally wrong. Niners, like, crushed the Vikings. But I don't know if you guys have watched a lot of 49ers games this year. I've watched a couple, like, more than I've ever have in my life because, you know, they're pretty good. But when you watch them, it's kind of like watching a surgeon perform surgery. Like, it's super sterile. It's not that exciting, but then you wake up 20 hours later and your spleen's gone. Like, it's just so just like surgical, step by step, clean. Everything goes the way they think it's going to go. They get a turnover when they need a turnover. They throw a touchdown when they throw a touchdown. Like, it's like, what? Like, it's just so smooth. When I play Madden or when I'm watching football, that is my favorite offense. There's nothing worse than second and ten. Nothing worse. Like, oh, we tried to pass play. It was incomplete. Now second and ten. Like, no. Even if it's just three yards, move up the field. So I love that. that that's actually scary. But I don't know. I, there's a lot of hype around them. I don't believe in the Jimmy G. At least I haven't so far. Are they overrated? What do you think? The thing with them, though, is that they're a complete package. Like, the run game is there. The pass game is there. Jimmy G, he might not be phenomenal, but he's good enough to win games. Like, people have gone to the Super Bowl with a worse quarterback. The defense is stout. Like, just all those things come together to create when you watch them. It's just like, okay, yeah. It's just like step by step. They just gradually win. Like, and it's just like, it's not that exciting to watch. It's almost just like, okay, yeah, this is what happens, you know, and then they're on top. So I, I think, do they have a chance? I mean, the thing is, this is the only thing that makes them have a chance to go to the Super Bowl for me. 
Green Bay has to play in San Francisco, not the other way around. You know what I mean? If the Niners had to fly to Frozen Lambeau and play there, that might be a different story. But Aaron Rodgers and the boys, uh, they got to go. They got to go oh, to to the Bay Area, which I think throws a wrinkle in the whole thing. All right, let me throw out this scenario real fast. Okay, just just think about this for a second. Who was the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans last year? Matt LaFleur. Who is the head coach of the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers this year? Matt LaFleur. Who could the Titans potentially play in the Super Bowl? Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. Like, was that not a crazy scenario? Like, whenever we made our picks, if I had thought of that scenario whenever we were picking teams, I would have picked the Packers to go all the way just so that I could have seen that scenario. You know, like, I wanted Drew Brees to get one more Super Bowl in and everything, but, like, that is an awesome scenario. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun. No one knows Matt LaFleur. Well, excuse me. No one knows Derrick Henry like Matt LaFleur as far as the other coaches go. Like, he coached him, you know? He has a great um, idea of, of what it takes uh, to get Derrick Henry going because he, he kind of had to learn that the hard way. Like, if you remember uh, last year at the beginning of the season, it was uh, his first season with us, and Derrick Henry wasn't performing as well. And Deion Lewis was getting the ball a lot more. Like, Deion Lewis was like our, our starter, if you will. But that was just because they weren't getting Derrick Henry enough touches. Like, you've got to get Derrick Henry, you know, 20 touches before he gets going. Matt LaFleur had to learn that lesson the hard way. But now he knows it as an opponent. But likewise, Rabel knows him and his defense well. And I clearly am going to take Dean Pease versus over Matt LaFleur, you know, just because of his experience and and everything but i'm i'm excited about that matchup i think that could be really really cool i feel like people want to see this green bay or this aaron Rodgers versus patrick mahomes show right we talk a lot about what's going to get the most views that's for whatever reason that's normally what happens <laughs> i don't want to see that super bowl i'll be honest i really don't but but i have a lot going for me with the titans in there so yeah, I've got two conspiracy theories about this. The first is if you have a television and watch cable, there's a state every State Farm commercial since October has featured Patrick Mahomes and and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, to the point where they've got whole plots and subplots in their commercials about the relationship between Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Even if you watch the State Farm commercial where the State Farm not the State Farm agent but Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes' talent agent or whatever, when he has that dream, what's happening? Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are playing against each other in State Farm jerseys. That's in the commercial, literally. So one conspiracy theory is that State Farm paid a bunch of money to the NFL to make sure that that's the Super Bowl, just so, like, imagine the marketing just genius that is. Okay, so that's one theory. Here's another theory. Here's another theory. The first Super Bowl was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers. What is this year in the NFL? NFL year 100. How beautiful would it be if the 100th year of the NFL is the same Super Bowl as Super Bowl number one, 
What a story would that be? What a compelling yarn that is to spin. So if it ends up being the Chiefs versus the Packers, I've got two conspiracy theories for why that happened. Wow. The crazy thing is that there is a conspiracy theory as to why that won't happen. The Madden curse. You know, like, there's a lot of talk about whether or not, you know, bad things happen whenever you get put on the Madden curse. Or whenever you get put on the Madden cover, you then get struck with a Madden curse and uh, your career kind of uh, spins out of control and is over. Ben Chung. Or, um, you know, you just have a bad season, Tom Brady. But there's some some sort of voodoo going on with people who get put on uh, the Madden the Madden cover. Cole, I know, is a hard believer, so I'll just let him explain why the Chiefs are probably going to lose to the Titans simply because of the curse. The Madden curse has never been broken except by one man, and that was Tom Brady, who already had, I believe it was four or five Super Bowl rings. Since Madden's been coming out, Tom Brady. But as we have discussed already and Forrest pointed out, the year Tom Brady was on the Madden cover, he he went to the Super Bowl and they lost. Okay, but not only did they lose, Tom Brady lost in the most humiliating fashion that could have happened to him. Like, the worst thing for Tom Brady wasn't losing a Super Bowl. He's got six, five, six, four, something like that. The worst thing for Tom Brady was becoming a living meme. He spent his whole life trying to show people he is an athlete. When 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 he was drafted, people were showing his picture and basically laughing at him because he was so scrawny compared to other quarterbacks. Here he is. He's in the Super Bowl. He gets thrown a pass that would have been a touchdown, and he drops it. He can't even catch a pass. All he can do is throw the football and listen to Bill Belichick's system, right? He's just a puppet. At least that's maybe that's what he was saying in his head. And then Nick Foles goes, and the very same play, he catches the pass that looks the very same way. Football coming over his shoulder. He catches it. Fingertip catch. Runs it for a touchdown. The Madden curse. Is very much alive, and I'm telling you, if the Chiefs beat us and they go to the Super Bowl, they can't win it unless the curse is validated. What I don't get is how you're a cursed football player, and then you get down 24 to zero, and then you score almost 50 unanswered points and win to go to the championship. Like if you I don't know a lot about curses, but if you're cursed, like, how do you do that? Like, like, I I just don't get that. I don't know much about curses either, but I have a theory. It's, it's the, it's the climb before the fall. Okay. Patrick Mahomes was just elevated to such a great level. Great level. I mean, 51 points in a game, like that's rarely done. Especially after being done, or being down 24 points. Like, that's insane, okay? So look, scores 51 points, rolls into the AFC Championship. Something bad's going to happen, I don't know. I hope he doesn't get hurt, but. (laughs) Here's what I'll say about the Madden curse, Chris, and your little theory. If your theory's true then it'd be in the curse's best interest for them to beat the Titans this week 
and then go and lose in the Super Bowl. Because if it's really about humbling the proud, I mean, how, are you more proud going into the AFC Championship or going into the Super Bowl, right? Like once you like once he's saying, okay, they're crowned the AFC Championship champions, we're the best team in the AFC. On top of being on the Madden cover, on top of being last year's MVP, on top of being in all the sell some blue commercials or head and shoulders or whatever dandruff shampoo he works for, that's when his pride is going to be at its peak. So really, if the curse is working, he's probably going to win against the Titans in the AFC Championship. All right, look, all I have to say is this. I understand what you're saying, but it's also about exalting the humble. Who does everyone think is going to lose? Who is everyone counting out? The boys in blue. The Titans. Okay. We can we need to move on, but I'm going to ask a question for us. How much evidence do you have to see to believe Jesus is the Christ? Right? Okay. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to compare the Madden curse to Jesus. I'm not going to go there, but maybe I am a little bit. Okay. The Madden curse. How many times does it have to come true for you to believe, Forrest? How many times? Look, if Patrick Mahomes, if this chief offense doesn't score more than seven points and he throws three interceptions, two pick sixes-ish, if he has that kind of performance, will you believe in the Madden curse? Will you, Forrest? Absolutely. I'm telling you right now, if they score seven or less – and Mahomes has three interceptions and two pick sixes. Absolutely. I will believe in the Madden curse. Until then, I want you to look up a word, Cole. This is how I feel about the Madden curse. We don't use it a whole lot. It's not in everybody's vocabulary. You can Google it or pull up a dictionary. I think it's a French word. Coincidence. It's this really interesting thing that happens where something looks like it's all set up, but it's just a probability thing, man, and it just happens. Something to look into. Here's the problem with coincidences. We serve a God who's sovereign over the universe. Okay, okay. Anyways, hook, line, and sinker. Come next week. Forrest is going to be a Madden curse believer. Okay, I just want to clarify that. I'm not an actual believer in the curse myself either, but <laughs> it's fun to talk about. Uh, fun to theorize. It's fun to talk about the theory of it. I sometimes can't come up with words, but um, it is it is interesting, um, the evidence behind it. Um, but I don't know that I'm willing to say that it absolutely is a curse, but we'll see what happens this, uh, this Sunday. So we're excited. Going to be a crazy week. Uh, we are excited to see how your brackets turn out, excited to see how our brackets turn out. We're thankful that you were here to listen to our uh, football segment of Faith Football Friends. Tune in next week.